What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thinks there's more to life than just getting trashed, it's Sif Pop. Tell that to college, Andrew. <laughs> you know what? If I could, I would. Uh. I'd, I'd go back and let college Andrew Andrew know that. Uh, welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my serendipitous and sensational co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! I thought last week was S's. No. It was ours last week. Okay. And each week we'll was chat I about... radical? <laughs> you are radical. Yeah. Uh, each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, welcome to Pixar Week. Yeah. This is like one of my favorite weeks. It I'm is. I'm like a Pixar nut. Like every Pixar show, I have to at least reestablish briefly for anybody that's new. I got a huge bias here. Like I love Pixar movies. I am susceptible to being sucked in by them. Part of that is that I, my personality kind of goes really well with what they do. You're a happy person. Right. Like I'm an optimist, happy person, that kind of stuff. But also part of it is just that thing that happens as humans when you're like on a team and you love a thing. And so you want to keep loving that thing. I mean, we heard this a couple weeks ago with you liking Godzilla, right? You Mm -hmm. know, this was... You know, something that means a lot to you. So uh, Pixar is definitely one of those things for me. Um, And I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, Just a reminder for those listening. uh, We actually have started shooting video during the podcast recording. So you can actually, while we've produced it all up, well, producer Phil has produced it all up and deserves a huge amount of applause for how smoothly it runs and how beautiful everything is. Um, and, And Andrew has been good to try to remind me to put the thank you for producer Phil 
in the the end credits, which I still haven't typed in there, and so I always forget to say it. So let's just say it here at the beginning, where it's, where it's even more prominent. Uh, Producer Phil absolutely slays in Real producing MVP. this show. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, but wanted to remind you of that. So if you want to subscribe to the YouTube. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash sift pop and just subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll get notifications when the live shows are up uh, and uh, we'll have a good time hanging out with you uh, actually in the visual sense. But again, this is an audio podcast just so Andrew knows and uh, and everybody knows you're safe. You can listen on audio and you won't miss anything. I promise. Sure. <laughs> except except uh, Andrew's beard length. You'll just, you'll never know what it is until you, until you actually watch. It is getting a little long, isn't it? Um, I, you know what? I think it looks really good. I, it Thanks. looks a lot fuller than my beard looks when I try to grow it long. Yeah. I've got, I've got those gaps missing. I did trim it up today. To oh, did you? For the camera. Oh, nice. Yeah. I trimmed up my hair today. Yeah. You're looking the... suave. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Losing some weight, getting a haircut. Somebody in the comments last week said I was slimming down. Yeah, they did. It's very nice. That was the only comment that wasn't talking about me and Swamp Thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. No, that's so true. Have you recovered? We should get into that. That That was was, a bad day. That was traumatic, man. Swamp Thing got canceled. I found out that Grumpy Cat died. It was just a bad day. Yeah. That's I that that was rough. I really I honestly genuinely did not know how to handle that in the moment. Like I'm I'm sitting here thinking like this is really hurting him, but this is uh, two things are going through my mind in addition to I don't want my friend to be hurting. Uh n- number 1 is we're live, yeah. right? We're doing a show. What's best for the show? You know, the, to capture this is best for the show. Like this yeah. is, you know, this is good stuff. Uh and then and then second, like the idea of I knew something that you didn't, and it was kind of that. Very rarely happens, especially. You when know a lot more than I do. Uh, I don't know. You seem to be more up on stuff a lot of times in the news. So, anyway, well, it is part of my job here. <laughs> That's right. It's like my one job here. Speaking of which, in addition to all the amazing stuff that we like to do uh, on Sift Pop, Buried Treasure, the Sift Quest, which, by the way, Sift Quest today came from Andrew. Andrew had a good question uh, last week that we're going to cover on the Sift Quest today. Um, and then, of course, we've got a best ever challenge uh, on inanimate objects coming to life. Um, and, of course, our review of Toy Story 4. But we'd like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the <laughs> Internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss. And we must decide whether or not do we care or not <laughs> or not. Nicely done. Or not. Number one. Number one. Kevin Feige said that Avengers Endgame is returning to theaters with extra scenes so that it can beat Avatar for the box office record. (laughs) Wait, he didn't say that, did he? I think he did. He actually literally said that. I knew it was coming back, and obviously that's part of the reason. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't know he had actually verbalized that. Um, The article I read on Rotten Tomatoes said Uh the the headline was, going back to theaters to beat box office record of Avatar. that doesn't mean he said it. It's true. We should read a little deeper, but... um, but you know what? That's if, a reason it's going back. I, I think that's correct. And I, I've heard a lot of, like, well, how do you feel about this? I definitely care about this and I want to talk about this, but I'm interested in hearing your feelings first. I want to go see what's new. Well, so do I. Of course I do. <laughs> no, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what my reaction to this is. Ooh. Now, am I like all up on, oh, yeah, let's beat Avatar? I mean, it'd be cool. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's, I don't want monetization to be the goal for movies. Sure. So. Sure. Well, welcome to the real world. 
You know, what, what's interesting, though, I did hear a lot of uh, people who were upset about this. Really? Who were saying, you know, what a cheap ploy to, you know, get a little more money and beat Avatar. Do we not realize Avatar also had re-releases? Like, this is something that a lot of movies do. And to, to kind of have that final last push and boost their, you know, overall number. I think in this case, we're much more aware of it because it is the number one, number one. Like, it's the ultimate number. Yeah. And also, it's so close right now. And you know that this will, you know, put it over the top. Um, but what if Avatar gets re-released? That would the be amazing. Yeah. Cameron, Cameron won't stand for that's this. That's right. It's just the, the next three years until Avatar 2 comes out are just them re-releasing after each other to, to up each other. No, at some point, I think we'd get all, all get very bored with that. You yeah. know? I wonder if they could maybe combine the movies into a cut and just count it for both. You yeah. know, just go from there. Make it a tie. Avatar Endgame. <laughs> yes. Yes, that would be. Uh, I mean, you already got one experience. blue guy in Avatar or Avengers. Get a couple more. That's right. You got a couple blue got people. The, in got there. the blue people. Daba dee, daba die. Daba die. Yeah. Number two. Let's do number two. James Marsden is being looked at to play Stu Redman in the all access adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand. Hmm. Well, I do like Marsden. I like Stephen King. I know. And Marston. So, well, and The me, Stand. So I am not a Stephen King fan. Yeah. I've never read a single Stephen King book. I think I read a chapter of one of them. I don't even remember which one it was. Yeah. And it freaked me out. The way he described death in whatever book that I, I read was like existentially, you know, traumatic. <laughs> it was... It, it was was it like of, Pet Cemetery or something? I, I have no idea. Yeah. I just know the way he described like the... The, the sinking into dark the warmth and darkness of death I was just like I'm out like this is not this is not what I <laughs> what I want to be imagining in my head so yeah. bring, bring back the C.S. Lewis please you know <laughs> I, li- I like his death descriptions a little better <laughs> that's it so no. do you tell me as a as a fan of Stephen King this is his longest book unless is you it, can't is it one of his best like is it yeah. one of your favorites yeah it's one of if, uh, like outside of the dark tower series is like one of my favorites um it's about like this virus that is like taking over the world and killing everybody but then you find out that there are some uh mystical forces at work that mm-hmm. are causing it uh it's not a spoiler but uh randall flag aka the man in black from the dark tower yeah it's him He's causing it. So, right, because all the Stephen King, King stuff, stuff is, is connected. connected. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The Stephen King universe. Are, are they going to try to do that in the movies? Like, is McConaughey going to be... Well, yeah, or, or whatever. Like, are they ever well, going to take advantage? Access. Oh, yeah, this is a TV show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, It'd be interesting, but at the same time, I think they know that they should just wipe their hands of the dark tower movie because it was so bad yeah Um, yeah for sure yeah uh but that's not to say that they can't connect it to other stuff that's actually good like castle rock or even the it movies Mm -hmm. because no it's the crimson king who's related to pennywise i just think it's it's fascinating to what's fascinating to me is the fact that uh, stephen king created an expanded universe long before they were popular yeah right and, and again, I know lots of fiction has done that, that idea, but, sure. this, but this is even more specifically that way. And now that expanded universes are dominating the box, oh, I should say one in particular, is dominating the box office, it just surprises me that nobody's seen dollar signs and going, man, we should like re-release a series of these 
as a connected universe. But I yeah. don't know. Maybe maybe Dark Tower was supposed to try to do that and just failed. I don't you know, know, I think it was because they were actually talking about McConaughey being Randall Flagg in the Stand movie, mm-hmm. but they decided not to make the Stand movie. Uh, interesting. So sad. But I am excited. The only problem is all access is dumb. So, <laughs> and that's one person's viewpoint. I don't. On I, I think CBS will get bought up by one of the the big boys. Yeah. I think so. I think all the I was we were just uh, talking about this on Twitter the other day. I think there will be four. I think it'll come down to four. There will be four entities that will win. And I think Disney, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. Well, Hulu and Disney are the same. Um, so, so wait, with this new Disney plus coming out mm -hmm. is Hulu and I, well, they've talked about, yeah, including it in Disney plus. So, I mean, Disney owns Hulu. So, you know, I think it'll be kind of all eventually, at least it'll all be the same. No, I think Disney, Amazon and Netflix are the givens. And I think that four spot is up for grabs. I don't know if Apple can figure it out. If they're going to get their content game to a place where people want to subscribe there. (sighs) I don't know if Google will figure it out with YouTube. Like figure out a way to create new content or compile new content or buy just buy things like CBS All Access or yeah. those kind of things, um, you know. But I'm not sure who the fourth will be. But you know, I think there's room for four. YouTube would be interesting. I did just watch season two of Cobra Kai. It's good, it was right? Amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So good. Yeah, I mean, it's the literally the only show they have. Yeah, <laughs> but it is it is fun. Are the only show they have that any people are watching? But yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how the streaming wars go. But I don't think Viacom slash CBS has that power to be that major player. I think they'll get bought up by one of the others. Yeah, it's just a guess. So yep. we're in a a shift right now mm-hmm. of the powers and yeah. entertainment. It's going to be fascinating. It is. All right, what's number three? Jill Soloway, creator of Amazon's Transparent, will be writing and directing the former Brian Singer production of Red Sonja, mm. the Marvel property that takes place in the world of Conan the Barbarian. I was going to say, that's a Conan property, right? Yeah. There's another expanded universe for you. Yeah. When's the last time a Conan movie came out? Uh, there was, I think, 2001 or nine or something like that. It was the... I almost said Carl Drogo, <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. Uh, Jason Momoa, uh, Conan the Barbarian oh, movie. See, I didn't, I didn't even know that movie existed. I, I always you just think are Schwarzenegger. So lucky. I just think Schwarzenegger. Like you know, that's yeah. that's the only Conan property I really know. Yeah. Well, he was. Uh, and Red Sonja was in that, right? Uh, she had her she own had movie her own that movie Conan or, was in. Yeah, yeah. It's this weird thing that. Uh, they didn't have the rights to call him Conan, so they called him Calidor or something like that. And then later on, they said Calidor is the traveler's name for Conan the Barbarian. Oh, kind funny! Of, kind of like uh, uh, Gandalf and uh, Masande. Masande, yeah, like mm-hmm. that. Now they just have different traveling names, so they as <laughs> they're like, yeah, we just we couldn't technically say, but you know who it is. Yeah. So yeah, now they're making this. Uh, Interesting. I don't see it being like a full-on Marvel property, you know? I just sure. see it being a standalone thing. Don't try and tie it into the MCU. Just let it be its thing, you know? Yeah. Cool sword fights and wizardry. That's all I you're want. Talking, you're still talking Red Sonja? Yeah. In the MCU? Because it's a Marvel property? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I'm saying don't like Have the comics and- done that? Has Red Sonja been in like with the Avengers in the comics? No, but I'm saying oh, okay, don't then. do it. Don't. Well, I know. Well, I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is there's not any real um, chance of that happening. Yeah, like it's there's 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 no uh, the previous instance of that actually being a thing. So I don't think anybody's clamoring for it. No, 
But at so. the same time, you know, people, yeah. you were just talking about dollar dollar signs. <laughs> well, it's true. So <laughs> the dollar dollar bills do come into account. Y'all. So yeah, that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Very nice. Well, I'm ready for this. I know you are. You ready for this? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk about Toy Story Child's 4. Child's Play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. He's a spook. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and the rest of the gang embark on a road trip with Bonnie and a new toy named Forky. The adventurous journey turns into an unexpected reunion as Woody's slight detour leads him to his long-lost friend, Bo Peep. Uh, This is Toy Story 4, which, as you could probably guess from the title, is the fourth entry into the Toy Story series. Mm, Uh, Interesting. These movies, uh, one thing you kind of forget just because they've always been in our life, they take a while in between each sequel. The real, the closest was Toy Story 1 to Toy Story 2, right? Four years yeah. between Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. And then it was another, you know, several years before Toy Story 3. I think that was 2010. So another 11 years before Toy Story 3. And then another nine years before Toy Story 4. Is Toy Story 3 really that long ago? Well, that's, yeah, it is. Wow. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what you forget because of how much these movies have kind of meant to us. I've already mentioned my love for Pixar and my love for the Toy Story movies is no different. Uh, I think they all are great. Um, so let's get into it. What did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I loved it. Yay! <laughs> he loved it! Yay! Well, I mean, is that surprising? <laughs> no, no, I'm always a little bit nervous, with, you know, because, man, did I love this movie. I loved yeah. it so much. And I will, over time, probably be able to separate my bias from that a little bit more and understand a little bit more about this movie. But it is honestly one of those things where if we have anything negative to say about it today, it's going to come from Andrew because I've been racking my brain and I literally think this is a perfect movie for me. And when I say perfect, I don't mean without flaws for everyone. What I mean is for me, it completely accomplished its purpose. And man, I had such a good time with this film so yeah why don't you talk about some of the things that, that you really loved about it and we'll just kind of have a conversation about why this is this is so great i love that every single pixar movie has something to say and this yes. one i think it really focuses on purpose in life like what yes. is your purpose exactly and, and uh it's an interesting take on something i'd never thought but it seems so obvious looking at it now about the toy story universe i'm like yeah, it's always been about purpose and like what you're yeah. trying to do. But at the same time, it just it seems different in a way cuz you look at the first one it's like what is Bub- Buzz Lightyear's purpose, you know? Right. Is he really a toy? Like he he has to realize what he is and stuff like that. And in this one it's like um the, the purpose literally the purpose of a toy is the driving force behind who they are. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't I'm not going to get too much into that, you know, but a uh, introduction of new characters and taking something and making it new and changing its purpose, you know, something like that. It's fascinating. I'm so glad you started with the themes in this because they are really deep. There's a lot actually in this. Well, they're they're deep and there are several ideas like, uh, you know, little uh, notes that it plays off of that symphony. Mm -hmm. But it's also very consistent, which is one, one of the things I love. When you look at the scenes and the meaningful scenes in this movie, 
they all come down to purpose. They all yeah. come down to choices about why you exist. The fact that we see, you know, for the first time that, you know, a new toy come into existence yeah. really deepens that idea. It like deepens that emotion of, oh, what is this universe like for them? You know, it's very, I mentioned existential earlier. It's very existential. You know, why am I here? What am I doing? How did I get made? What does that mean? What is my part? Like all that stuff is not only essential to this new character, but essential to these older characters as well as mm -hmm. they try to figure it out. There's very much a child parent thing going on here too. Yeah. Um, you know, between Woody and Forky. And it's it's just it's it's just so interesting to me how good Pixar is at that. How good they are at underneath everything, you know, make a great movie on top of it. But underneath everything, boy, is it meaningful. Yeah, I don't even have kids, but now that you mention it, I find it pretty obvious that Woody is a parental figure to mm -hmm. Forky. Yeah. And now looking at it, I'm like, yeah, no. I think, you know, you being a father, that stuff just pops out. Oh, sure. Here, stuff like that. Yeah, so, sure. Obviously. Yeah. Another thing, this movie is hilarious. Right? This movie's hilarious. Okay, not to get into too like specific detail, but there's something in this movie I'll just call the plush rush. <laughs> it might be the funniest thing in a Pixar movie ever. I'm not even exaggerating. It might be the it's, funniest thing I've ever seen in a Pixar it's movie. Really funny. Um I I had several moments like that though. You know oh, what I really? mean? That I, was the That's the standout, the standout for, for me. See, I don't even know if I had a standout. There were so many yeah. great moments. Uh the character of Forky is perfect. Tony Hale Tony as that Hale's voice yeah. is perfect. Yeah. And the well, progression of the the intellect of that character or, mm -hmm. you know, it's just it's just so hilarious. Um and I'm not going to spoil uh as I'm I'm going to try not to spoil anything. But there's a very particular way this toy matures that is, um, man, starts off as one of the funniest things I've ever seen in any movie. Mm. Uh, and then the, and then there's just the there's throwaway lines in here. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a high five gag. That's great. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so good. Um, that gag is hilarious. There's even, you know, little things like when the dad has yes, changed the tire and there's this moment, you know, just going to say dad, some words. Yes. Um, there's just there's there's so many moments. In this movie that I was laughing and smiling and and what's interesting is there were a few moments where the adults were laughing in the theater because mm -hmm. it was hilarious and and you know but what's brilliant about what Pixar does is most of those moments the kids were going nuts too. Um, oh, universal humor is something that Pixar uh, has nailed down. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really an incredible gift and uh, and it's fully on on display here yeah uh, the other thing I would mention amongst many things that we could and probably because I can't help myself probably will um, is the animation in this movie is <laughs> how much better it is from when they started oh it's it, it in just, 95 you know there comes a point where I'm just like okay computer generated animation is what it is like it's you know it looks great it's you're not gonna but there are moments in this. Uh, there's there's a moment where the mom is comforting her child, running her hand through her hair, mm -hmm. and I was just like, I was blown away. It's obviously like the character models aren't realistic human character models, no. but because everything in the the frame is so clear and picture perfect, there's just such a I don't know. There's a real intensity to the emotion of a scene like that because of how beautiful it is, you know, because yeah. of how quote-unquote realistic it looks for the universe that it's in 
I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Who is your favorite character in this movie? Oh, man. Because um, I have a standout. I mean, wow. Whew. I, I don't know. Why don't you talk about yours? Maybe you can convince me. I, I think I like them all so much. I'm going to go with Bo. Yeah. I think that, you know, she's always been kind of like a throwaway, like, love interest for Woody. Mm-hmm. She no has pun a, intended. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. She has a purpose in this movie and a driving factor that is something I never would have expected from that character. Yeah. Her story arc is probably the most fascinating thing in this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, uh, Bunny Ducky are just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And Forky's just a fascinating character, but I still think that Bo, just because we've seen that character, but for her to have what, you know, really culminates into what I think is the driving force in this movie. I think movie. that's right. And especially, um, uh, you know, Bo and Woody's relationship mm-hmm. in many ways is is the driving force in this and what that means. Um, I think you have to mention uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, is. <laughs> Kaboom. Yeah, as Kaboom. Uh, I think that character is phenomenal. Um, there's Christina Hendricks' character. What's her name? Uh, Gabby Gabby? Gabby Gabby. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... who? What was the name of the little police character? Oh, Dimples? Yeah, it was like uh, D- Dimple McGiggles or something. Yeah. It, was, it was something supremely... You know, I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, My and- sister had one of those toys growing up. Oh, yeah? With the little stairwell. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that's from. Yeah, G- Giggle McDimples. Giggle, Giggle McDimples. McDimples. Yeah. Oh, I love that character, too. And then, of course, you've got our old standbys. I did find an interesting, too, since the last, since Toy Story 3, and has been a while, um, we've lost Don Rickles, right? So, yeah. you know, now we've lost Don Rickles and uh, Slinky Dog, um, which his name just slipped my mind. Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah, Jim Varney. Who's Ernest. Um, and it's just like, it's interesting that these characters, you know, we've had to replace these voices and that's just how the span of this movie series, yeah. uh, I was, re- some, somebody on Twitter mentioned that they saw Toy Story as a kid and took their four year old to see Toy Story four. And it's like, yeah, cause it's been 25 years, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's. It's crazy to think, think of it in that nine. way. I was nine or something like that when the first Toy Story came out. Yeah, now I was, I'm in my thirties. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. In, I was like a freshman in college. Yeah, when the first Toy Story came out. Um, and so it's it's just it's fascinating to see what this thing has done uh, in that time. Any other specific good things you want to mention? Uh, yeah, it's just. Yes, yeah, like it's an, a near perfect movie. It really is, and the story is a big part of it. That's the other thing I want to mention. Now we talked yeah. about the themes as part of the story, but yeah. also the plot in this story is very—I I almost said simple. It's not really simple, but it's very—it's communicated very well. So you're yeah. never—you're never confused. You always know where you're going. You know where you're at. You know what the characters are motivated by. You're always interested uh, in what's going on. Um, I did also tweet that this isn't a blow your mind kind of movie. Um, I think in many ways, Toy Story 3 is more of a blow your mind kind of movie than this is. And what I mean by that is there are moments in Toy Story 3 that are those big, whoa, kind of moments. And I don't know that this has them in the same, um, to the same extent. It just, it tells such a great story 
that it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't need the big fireworks show. You know what I mean? It like yeah. it's just like, hey, watch this incredible story about these toys and these things that you've never thought about about what if this world was real and and I just, you know, for me that's almost more satisfying and uh in many ways and it's just it's a movie I I can see myself going back to over and over and over again because of that. So I just I yeah. just think the story is really beautiful here. And we haven't even talked about the part of the story that involves the quote unquote villain um which is a very fascinating take on, you know, yeah. that idea and Man, I, spoilers will be good because there's just some stuff I want to say, but it's a little too spoilery. Sure. Um, I will say the villain does have henchmen that are some of the creepiest <laughs> Toy Story characters. Oh, that was going to be one of my cons. I hate ventriloquist dolls. They freak me out. <laughs> and this movie plays that up for you. Yes, they do. Um, I hate them so much. That's not That's not a... a it's not new, a con, but... Well, you no, know, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say it's not a new thing for the Toy Story movies. You know, like the villains, even though the the villain in Toy Story 3 was, uh, you know, more fluffy and, you know, seemed to be nice. Yeah. He also had like that monkey henchman that was really freaky. Like they always have this way of having like a a henchman. And I think he also had like the one-eyed doll and one-armed doll that was also really freaky. Well, Sid in the first Toy Story And I was going to go back to Sid. Sid's a freaky character. Is he though? He got bombs in the mail. Okay, yeah, he did get bombs in the mail. But I'm more. Ta- did you never, whenever you were playing with kids, you know, take a part from one toy and try and? That's just how imagination works. You Is know? it? Yes. I didn't. No, I didn't take my. I didn't take my toys apart and try to put them together with other toys. Man, you missed out then. <laughs> That's the fun part. Yeah. Man, I thought Sid was the hero in Toy Story. <laughs> I'm just doing a new take on the whole Karate no, Kid no, no, thing no. right here. No, no, no. That's Toy Story 5, is to retell the first Toy Story from Sid's perspective. Yeah. It's kind of like Cobra Kai, right? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Kids traumatized forever because yeah. toys came to life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We know he eventually becomes a trash man because we saw that in Toy Story 2. So. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, right. Anything else you want to specifically mention? For negatives now? Oh, anything. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Negative. I forget that other people might have negatives. Go ahead. Uh, I do have a couple negatives. Okay. Um, I think that there are character choices in this, or character motivation shifts okay. that happen too conveniently. Sure. Um, as well as, you know, driving factors for the movie being a little too convenient. Uh, but my main con with this movie is... Toys in this universe have always been super good about, you know, Andy's coming, you know, the whole play dead whenever Andy's coming. I think that this movie walks the line too closely with like close calls with, you know, like stopping or posing whenever people are around. I'm like, yeah, you're you're pushing the boundaries a little too much in this one. One of our uh, one of our gurus, uh, John Agroni, who is a a Pixar expert, in fact, is the author of the Pixar theory. Yeah. Um, uh, was tweeting about that, uh, that he's doing some writing right now on the rules of the Toy Story universe and how fascinating it is to think of why they play dead. Is it a conscious decision? Because I think once you watch this movie, you start to realize maybe it's not a conscious decision. Maybe whenever somebody looks at them, they Maybe they it just automatically can't. happens, yeah. you know? And it's not something... I mean, y- you hear them say things like, hurry, they're coming, you know, we, we gotta, you know, get to wherever. But at the end of the day... It's it's almost a spiritual thing that happens. Like it's it's almost a metaphysical thing that happens with them that because they're going to be noticed, they play dead. I almost like that explanation more 
because it actually makes more sense if it's metaphysical than if they just get lucky enough never to be discovered. Yeah. But what if it's actually a rule of the universe but it can't, that they cannot be discovered? But Woody became real for Sid in the I first know. Toy Story. Movie. I know. I know. And that's where you start to think like, yeah. like, so what is that? How do they break that? How do they, you know? So play nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's It's fascinating to think about, you know determinism in the uh, in the area of the toy story movies yeah um yeah uh i don't i don't know i i don't mind the idea that it played with that a little bit i think it kind of had to um i'm just saying it was done a little too often mm. like i i don't have a problem with you know just you did it one too many times i think yeah which makes which makes things like the plush rush that much more funny. <laughs> I'm serious. I could watch that all day. I was, Key and Peel are just the funniest. You know yeah. that comedy duo was brilliant. Yeah. And then Duke Kaboom. <laughs> the other thing this movie does very well. Pixar movies have always done this very well. It totally understands callbacks. It totally gets when something is going to be funny again and how it's going to be funny a second time. How it's going to be funny a third time. Um, there are several running gags in this movie that get better each time. The plush rush being one of them. Yeah. By the way, um, so it's just I. This is just this is brilliant filmmaking. It just really is. I I'm I and I'm even more impressed considering it kind of had a troubled creation. There was drama behind the scenes, not just with the John Lasseter stuff, but also with the original uh, director writer of this, who's still credited in the credits, but stepped away you know, from the project. And I don't have all the details on that, so I don't necessarily want to go into it now. But there was there was a troubled, you know, kind of creation process of this. And I just, mm. somehow they pulled it all together because this is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I had no idea. Toy Story 3 got nominated for uh, Best Picture for Academy Award. Yeah. Do you think Toy Story 4 has a chance? Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it's that good. It's is that good and this year is that bad. Well, it's true as well. Does that mean Endgame has a chance too? You think? I don't know. I think. I mean, it if, only takes seven movies coming out in like the the awards rush of the end of the year. That's not yeah. a ton of movies to yeah. you know that knock them out. Yeah, I think that if any Marvel movie would have gotten nominated for Best Picture, it would have been Infinity War. Well, I mean, Black Panther did right. So a Marvel movie has been nominated for Best Picture, right? Touché. Did Black Panther? Did yeah, it did. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, touche. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that okay. I'll go. I'll rephrase. If any Mar- Marvel movie should have been nominated for Best Picture, <laughs> it should have been Infinity War. You didn't think Black Panther should have been nominated over Infinity War? They came out the same year, and I think Infinity War is oh, so I much see. better. I see. I see. Holding grudges. I get it. I understand. No holding grudge. I love both <laughs> movies. I'm just saying one is an actual better movie than the other one. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, speaking of actual better movie than the other, how would you rank them? <sighs> Three, four, one, two. Three, four, one, two. Interesting. This is, I mean, this is like ranking slices of pizza from the same pizza. Seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this one has this more pepperonis, but like this one has more, more sauce. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, it's all the same thing. It's all so amazing. Uh, but I'm, I think I would go for. Uh, and by the way, that's total recency bias. I know it is. I, I give, give me a year. And maybe I'll have a different opinion. I don't know. Um, But man, did I love this movie. So I'm putting it at the top. Uh, Four, one, two, three. 
I three think at the bottom. Okay, it's great. It's a yeah. great movie. But I, I like the Prospector stuff in Toy Story Two is some of my favorite stuff. Just Woody finding his like original Roundup gang, like all that stuff is so great. The the because you know she loves me song that Jesse sings is yeah. one of the biggest heartstring pulls ever. Um, oh, yeah, you want to talk lo- about big heartstring pulls, and then you're talking about Toy Story three. That's why it's number one for me. Well, it's but it's yes, yes, and this is the problem with dissecting which piece of pizza is better on the same pizza. Exactly, because <laughs> yeah. they're all great. No, I'm totally with you, but they, I think that is the order. Hands I would... to the fire. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I think that uh, Andy giving away his toys to Bonnie at the end of three is like one of the oof. greatest cinematic moments oh, ever. That's good. All right, yes. all right. Two and three are tied then. Yeah. And the only reason, you know, honestly, the only reason I have one at two is because it, it just... It set everything it off. It set everything in Not motion. Not just Toy Story. It set off Pixar. Well, it changed movies. Yeah. It changed movies. The first like, computer-generated movie. I, and, and, like, it in an interesting way, it killed hand-drawn animation. Like, because it was so successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's... That's incredible. Think of how many CG animated movies come out each year now. Yeah. And Pixar was like, I wonder if it's even possible, you know? Yeah. And then they did it. And, uh, and man, it just, it changed everything. So yeah. Fascinating stuff. One last thing. Yeah. What do you got? There are post credit scenes. Yeah. I think that's good to know. Um, do you stay all the way, all the way? No. There's one at the very, very end. I didn't stay for any of them. I had to read about them after I left. The one at the very, very end is maybe the... Well, I mean, it's very simple. You didn't didn't stay for any of them? I know, so I missed... You missed that? Oh, Andrew, I thought that's what you were talking about. No. Oh. See? Wow. I am super upset. Yeah. Now you gotta go back. That's all. Oh, I'm gonna go see it again. It's that good of a movie. It's rewatchable. Yeah. Totally. No, that is definitely good uh, Good to know. Um, I think I'm going to start doing that as my one last thing. I'm going to let people know if there are post-credit scenes for movies. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could just have a, a post-credit uh, announcement in that way. Um, here, My one last thing is a broader, broader kind of thing about Pixar. Okay. I think it's been very in vogue to talk about, oh, remember the good years of Pixar. And I, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, oh, since the good dinosaur, it's never been the same, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> you uh, love the good dinosaur. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed the good dinosaur. Are we going to go down this uh, rabbit no, no, no. hole again? <laughs> Our argument wasn't about whether or not the good dinosaur was good, It was, was about good, what though. the movie was about. It was about what the movie was about. Um, yeah. If you want to see a classic uh, knockdown. Man, when was drag that? Out, Three, four years ago? Good dinosaur? Yeah. No, I was further back than that. No, How no, long no. have we been doing this show, Aaron? <laughs> no, that's a good point. That was back whenever Danae was on as yeah. a host yeah, she emeritus. was like the referee yeah um no she was on my side it was no, two to one. she was the referee what are no. you saying no she was not she she was she did not pick I was a just side more vocal <laughs> um, but yeah go your good old days of pixar yeah no in in what's fascinating to me is since then we've had i think maybe some of the you know best pixars we've ever seen uh, inside out i would put in my top five pixar coco has worked its way up into my top five pixar that movie's incredible um you know in sure some of the sequels cars three finding dory haven't you know lived up necessarily to expectations they're still okay movies um and finding dory i actually think is a really yeah, meaningful good really movie good. 
It's nowhere um, near as good as Finding Nemo, but Finding Nemo is the best Pixar movie ever made. But then, yes, thank you. Uh, then you've got sequels like Incredibles two and Toy Story four, Man, and I'm just yeah. going. I don't think they've lost a step. I really don't. Sure, I. They love, have lulls, but everything has lulls, and they're barely lulls. You know no, what I'm saying? Just like, like I just think people look back. It's I like, think. Cars, Cars 2, Cars 3, Dinosaur, <laughs> and then everything's good. I think people look back at the glory days of, you know, the the Finding Nemo Incredibles, Wally, Ratatouille, Up, Run, you know, that kind of had, yeah. had there. And I'm almost positive that's not an order. It's just, you know, what I remember. Yeah, I would put Ratatouille in there. Um, oh, you're talking about chronologically, like when they all came out. Yeah, like around yeah, the same I'm just time. Saying, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a streak there of all these original films that yeah. are, you know, so beloved. And I think people remember that and think that that's better than what's going on now. And I, just, I still think they're hitting it out of the park. So it's, yeah, it's just it's exciting for me to know that they can still do this. It makes me more excited for Onward, which is their next, you know, big new one. And then they Looks just good. announced another title, uh, Soul. Which S-O-U-L. has an interesting premise. I don't know if you've read the premise for Soul. I mean, it's just not. like a one. They've only just announced like a one sentence kind of thing on it, yeah, right? Yeah, like uh, well, I think it's about like where where does your emotion come or not emotion, but uh, your being. your your awareness, you know? Yeah, it kind of had an inside out kind of vibe. Well, to and it. it's P Doctor, so yeah, you know, it's I and and he's kind of Pete. I think since the whole Lasseter thing has been the one running it over there at Pixar, and I'm just. I'm really impressed with how he's keeping the ship going and, and making sure the focus is on great story. At least it appears is on great storytelling and perfecting movies and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, that was one of my highlights of all of all the, the people I meet when I go out to the awards every year. The Pixar directors are always my favorite. Like meeting Pete Doctor <laughs> was one of my favorite things, you know. Yeah. Uh, that I've ever meeting Brad Bird or Andrew Stanton. You like, turn into are, a kid whenever stuff like I, this does. comes. It just, it, yeah, it just it turned. Which is funny because Pixar didn't exist when I was a kid. Yeah. Like it's so funny that the nostalgia I have for Pixar feels like a childhood nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But I was 20 years old when Toy Story came out. You know, <laughs> uh, I was married when Toy Story came out. Like this, like well, you I married was not when a, you were 15. So. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, that's that's. I'm sure you, that's true. Here, here's what I want to end on. Yeah. Is this your number one movie of the year? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it is. In a very down year, I only recently saw my first A movie of the year that I would give an A to, um, and that was uh, Apollo Eleven, which is phew, incredible. That's um, more of a documentary than well, documentaries are movies. They count on the list. I count right? them. I count them separately. Whenever you don't I... put documentaries on your best movies of the year list. No. Well, that's an interesting decision, Andrew. <laughs> I, I can you explain that to me? What's that like? Why would you do that? One's informative, one's entertainment. Well, aren't they both kind of both? Just at different degrees? Aren't documentaries also entertaining? I think the documentaries are more about showing truth as opposed to, hmm. you know, a, a an escape. I respect this. Yeah. I respect this take. I really do. I don't agree with it, but I totally respect this take. Like, I don't have any documentaries in my top 100 movies of all time. Yeah, I have if, one. If I did... It, like if I did, I would have a couple. Actually, that would be like in my top hundred movies. I have time. one. Do you know which one it is? <sighs> Supersize me. No, no. Uh, Blackfish. Mm-mm. No. Is it? Won't you be my neighbor? No. Oh. No. I'm just gonna go through all the great. <laughs> it's King of Kong. King of Kong. Oh yeah. Fistful of the, quarters. The, yeah, fistful of quarters. Love that. Love yeah. that movie so much. So great. I'm glad you stopped because I was just going to go through a whole... <laughs> it's tickled, isn't it? Was it Bowling for Columbine? Jesus. 
Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There's our thoughts on Toy Story 4. Obviously, we both recommend it. We both love it. Uh, mm-hmm. We think it's one of the top Pixar's. Um, it'll be interesting for me to slot it in. I think it may be top five. I mean, certainly if I think it's better than Ooh. the Toy Stories. So, man. Yeah. Finding Nemo still won. I know that. You know what? I'm changing my list. Yeah? It's going to be one, four, three, two. Okay. I'm, I'm still... Now that I just something in my head just clicked, I'm like, no man, Toy Story One was just what it did was too magical to yeah. not be at number yeah. one. I mean, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be that super serious, like let's just look at it on the merits kind of person, Toy Story One's probably the the least movie of the four. Like you know, the technology wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, they were just kind of learning their way. The story's great, all that stuff's there, but you know, <laughs> the humans look horrifying. I mean, that's right. This is really some really interesting animation there. But um, but I don't I don't. That's not the way I look at movies. You know, like yeah. I think there's more to it there's you know that periphery stuff is is valuable and is important so yeah well there you go thoughts on toy story 4 we'd love to hear yours as well so uh, make sure hit us up on twitter or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com uh all right let's move on to the best ever challenge do it we're gonna do best ever movies that feature inanimate objects coming to life there are a lot more than i thought there were yeah it's a fairly popular genre yeah uh, especially in the horror world. <laughs> there are a lot of horror movies. Yes. And you won't be surprised. Uh, well, I guess one, maybe two of mine in my top five could be considered horror movies. But I was going to say you won't be surprised. I don't have a lot of the horror movies as my choices. I have one. I think we probably have the same movie, actually. Really? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's not my number one. I, we probably do have the same number one. Well, we're going to find out, aren't yeah. we? I'll let you start this time. I'm going to start. Yeah. Uh, my number five best ever inanimate object movie coming to life movie is <gasps> Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, I really wait, enjoy this does movie. Meatballs come to life? <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, lots of things come come to life in this movie. So. Okay. Yeah, I I really enjoy. Uh, this is isn't this where um oh they're total their names just totally slipped my oh Lord Miller. This is Lord Miller's, one of their first uh, movies. Really? Yeah, and you can really sense their... I, I hope I'm not wrong on that. I'll sound like such an idiot. But you can well, really you give sense... give me two seconds, I'll Sure, you. you can really sense their sense of humor in it. Um, you can really sense them developing this kind of uh, interesting, quick joke style that is also meaningful. I got it right! Yeah, you did. I got the thumbs up. I'm proud of this you. This is an audio podcast, so I had to tell people. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do sign language for the rest of this podcast. You are not. Uh, anyways, so you can really feel the the Lord and Miller aspect of what's going on here. And uh, in that, it to me, explains, uh, you know, kind of a lot of why I love this film. So it's yeah. good stuff. We're not done Sequel's talking about too. them until later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, my number five. It's going to be Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Yeah, buddy. All right. Oh, man. It's probably Hayao Miyazaki's best movie, in my opinion. Um, I think I've said this a thousand times, but whenever it comes to uh, animation, I always prefer dubbed over subbed, but for live action sub. Yeah. Um, And I think that the cast, like the American cast I got for this is like outstanding. Christian Bale, Billy Crystal. I could just go on forever. Um, The... This is a fascinating movie. I think that even though his movies are so out of the norm, I still think that they are very uh, accessible to a lot of people. They will understand what's going on. Hmm. I think they're a little out there. I mean, yeah, I think you can get it, but I 
I know even I watch um, Miyazaki's movies and I'm just like, yeah, it's not. I'm not quite jiving with the same amount of weirdness, like or or the same kind of weirdness. I like weirdness, but like just I don't know. There's I I totally respect them. I totally see the artistic merit and value of them. But mm-hmm. as stories and movies, I don't I don't necessarily connect to them the way a lot of people do. Yeah, fair enough. So it's um I did have it on my honorable mentions mm. for sure. Um, and it is actually my favorite of his movies. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just I've never been a Miyazaki like. You know, trumpeter. You know, I'm just not like a huge mm-hmm. fan. Well, I'm pretty stoked for his theme park in Japan. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talked about that. Your number four. My number four is Monster House. Do I know this? Did you ever see Monster House? No, it isn't. This is a re- this is a sneaky great movie. Um, it it's just kind of flew completely under the radar. Uh, it's beautiful. It's thematically sound. It's brilliant. But the house basically comes to life as kind of this horror house. This was the one in mine that I was thinking could be considered kind of a horror movie. But it's it's like a kids horror movie in that it's not grotesque. Uh, it's not you know it's not like going for kills that kind of stuff. But it definitely goes for you know more of the fear mystery kind of element than a lot of movies do. Okay. So yeah, I think Monster House is definitely one worth checking out. Sweet. If you haven't seen it. Yep, number four. Number four. This is where I have Toy Story. First one. Very nice. Just because of what it did, you know. I mean, look at that. That's <laughs> no Andrew. Look at that. No, look at that. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously though, um, going beyond you know what the first Toy Story did, we've talked mm-hmm. a- about it a lot already. It's just a fascinating movie with great humor, and it can stand the test of time, even with aged seat graphics. Mm-hmm. It's all about the story that makes it good. Totally agree. Uh, it is on my list. We'll get there eventually. I I forgot oh. to tr- I forgot to trump you. It's okay. That's fine. It's all right. Uh, number three. Yep. Doctor Strange. I have it number three. Yeah, but it was an honorable mention. Um, in fact, the the cape is one of my favorite parts of Doctor Strange. Yeah. I I love that stuff. Uh, so very reminiscent of the carpet in Aladdin. You know, that's kinda, an honorable mention and too. That is also an honorable mention for me. Uh, I think I like Doctor Strange more than most people do in the Marvel Universe. I've, I've come to understand that people think this is a little bit medium to lesser Marvel. I really enjoy and, Doctor Strange. And I'm, I'm trying to think of why I think it's upper tier Marvel. And I think it has to do with the, the interesting sense of humor and that it's a totally different approach on superheroes. Like ma- using magic, like actual literal magic as a superpower. Um is interesting. It's like Harry Potter combined with, you know, Marvel. And so you don't consider the Thor movies in a magical sense? No, because those are more mystical. There's a difference in my brain between mystical and magical. Uh, and I think it has to do where the source of the power comes from. So in mystical, it's it's more abstract. The idea of these gods and their powers isn't magic. It's it's this mysticism of, you know, how they were granted those things. And, okay. And those kind of things. Whereas magic is... If you do these certain movements, if you do these certain words, if you do these certain spells, these things will happen. So there's an element of you can learn, you know, how to do it. Certainly in most magical tales like this, there is uh, an innate ability to either, you know, like Harry Potter divides muggles, you know, non-magics from magics, right? Yeah. Um, But this movie doesn't necessarily do that. Doctor Strange isn't necessarily special in some way that makes him able to do the magic. He just learns it, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's fascinating to me and interesting to me. And um, there's a proficiency aspect to it, to magic, that I find fascinating. Okay, Um, fair enough. And so I I really enjoy it. That's your number three? Yeah, what's yours? Shaun of the Dead. 
Shauna, what are we counting as inanimate objects here? The zombies. But they, but they were animate. No, they, they were people. They, as soon as they died, they became inanimate <laughs> objects, and then when they're reanimated, uh, I'll allow it. You better because I'll zombie movies it. are totally inanimate objects coming back. I think animate I think, is defined as alive. Here, here. When I they die, this is this is a spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. I think you're <laughs> the letter of the law. You are correct. The spirit of the law, maybe not so much, but. We'll go with it. Whatever. <laughs> You'd win in court. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. I do love Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I think, would it have made your top five if you would have counted it? No, actually, I don't think it would. Okay. I think I like all these movies better. I think it would have been an honorable mention. Okay. Oh, man. You want, I, you were talking earlier about a horror movie that you thought might have made it. I thought this is what you were talking about. Uh, I'm like, it's a horror, but it's also a comedy. And Edgar Wright does such a good job of being both, like, the first half of this movie is pure comedy. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to the second half, like, he really dials in, like, he knows how to make a horror film. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing, because that transition is, it's quick, but it's it's fluid enough to where you can follow along. Like, right. these, these characters, they've been goofing off for this entire movie, and like, oh, it's getting real now for them. Yeah. As soon as they get to the Winchester. It's great. He's He's so... Talented with that, with taking genres and yeah. combining them together. Nick and Simon are just brilliant, too. That as well. Yep. Uh, my number two yep. is A Monster Calls. Oh, yeah, you like this movie. Actually, a lot of people <laughs> like this movie. I shouldn't I say that. I think it's great. No, I, I think this is a beautiful movie, and it connected to me in a really deep way. Of course, it has the tree coming to life. Um, and, yeah, this is this is a good one for me. So nice. if, you, if you've never seen it, eh, I think you might enjoy it. Andrew yeah. didn't like it as much as I did. No, I didn't. Did you hate it? I didn't hate it. I just yeah. thought it was a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually a movie. Yeah. Like, so yeah, good call. Movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why I get paid the big bucks, people. That's right. That's Number right. two for me, Lego yeah. movie. Yeah. That's a good call. I actually didn't have that in this category, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, but here's what my brain did. And I actually think I might be right in the letter of the law on this one. We're dealing with a child's anim- uh, imagination, right? So technically, the Legos aren't coming to life, but they're being imagined in a story. But didn't he move around, like physically move around, like on Will Ferrell's desk? Ooh, interesting, interesting. Like you know? he, he was able to kind of yeah, he like, was do like, a little bit of a movement. The, yeah, exactly. or was the child just imagining that that was happening? I think you might be right. I think maybe maybe you'll win this one too, even in the letter of the law. <laughs> the the truth of the matter is, in the spirit of the law, I think you're fine because these are obviously Legos coming to life. But yeah. um, so I think it works. I just didn't. I when I thought it through in my brain, I was like, I'm not going to put the Lego movies in here. I th- I thought about that too, but then I thought about that scene where he's like, he's actually physically moving in the real world. Again, like you said, I don't know if that's just part of his imagination right. or not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think that the the kid noticed him. Until after he fell on the floor and got like the kid's attention, because mm-hmm. you know Will Ferrell kept doing the the quick look over. <laughs> Are you moving? What's going on? You know that whole gag. But uh, yeah, regardless, it has to be number two on my list because it is probably the funniest uh, com- CG like computer generated movie I've ever seen. It's probably the funniest one I've ever seen. It's very funny. Yeah, very funny. Uh, my number one's obvious. It is Toy Story. Uh, you already talked about it a little bit. We'll mm-hmm. chat about it just a brief another second again, um, just to reemphasize how groundbreaking this movie was. Um, you know, there's there's so much uh, that is different if this movie never exists. Will there be computer generated movies if this movie never exists? Sure, of course, it'll have it would have happened eventually. Yeah, 
Um, but it always takes those those groundbreakers, right? Pushing it to make it happen. And, you know, the crew at Pixar did that. So, very cool. Yeah. Number one. You're number one. Lord of the Rings. Who are we counting? Are we counting the ring? The ring. All right. All right. Well, I'll Sauron give it to you. put his soul in the <laughs> ring. The ring talks to Frodo throughout the movie. Is it the ring or is it's, it Sauron? It's you know, throughout the entire movie, you had the ring talking. Yeah, the ring is Sauron. Well, then it's not coming to life. It's just being inhabited by another it being. It was a ring, and then he put his soul in it, bringing it to life. Uh, all right. That's the whole listen, thing of listen. bringing if, an if inanimate I've, object to life. If I've learned anything life. about this category, if I've learned anything about this category, it's that we need like a YouTube series that with like legal debates on uh, what goes in this category. Uh uh, you know, I I wouldn't consider that uh, an inanimate object. Oh, object so you're going to count life. the tree in a monster calls, but you're not going to count tree well, beards tree, or any of the ants. The the tree, uh, yeah, but they're already they lawyered. Were, <laughs> they were <laughs> lawyered. But were the ants in, in Lord of the Rings? Weren't they always ants? Like they were always alive, so they were never inanimate. So you think that the tree in a monster calls was always a monster? No, I, I mean don't. you thought it became. No, a it was monster. a tree that became a monster, wasn't it? I don't this know. is important work we're doing here, Andrew. It really, this, really this will is. go down in the the legal annals of yeah. time. So <laughs> Dicer versus Ormsby. <laughs> uh, any chance in to accordance talk... with Dicer versus Ormsby, it was set precedence. <laughs> any chance to talk about Lord of the Rings is fine with me. So we'll yeah. we'll accept it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's in my top five movies of all time. So yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, so it probably would have made your top list. Yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> if I if I had considered this one, it would have been in my top. Probably number one. Yeah. Probably also would have been my number one. Yeah, that's why I thought we had the same number one. That right? would make sense. Uh, honorable mentions. Sure. We talked about Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Brave Little Toaster. Yes. Uh, such an underrated movie, and I don't think that a lot of people in this day and age even know about that movie. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought about adding like a, the Winnie the Pooh, you know, the Christopher Robin movie. Uh, okay. But it's just honorable mention worthy, not actual top five. Okay. Uh, there, I could really go on with I the mean, way that I stretched this uh, definition according well, to you. tell me if you think this is a stretch. Uh, Jumanji and Zathura. No, no. I was actually going to mention they were... Because the board, the board game comes to life, right? Yeah, like, exactly. that, that's the idea. Okay, yeah. So I had Jumanji and Zathura. Well, I had and, a Welcome uh, to the Jungle on my list, so... Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense. Well, uh, actually, I don't know if Welcome to the Jungle... Because is anything in that movie inanimate coming to life, or are they just getting put into a video game? That's it, different than the board game different. coming to the life. So you might you might be right. Yeah. This Regardless, the first one ends. Zathura do count. Okay. Uh, Ted, I wanted to mention Ted. <laughs> yeah, Ted. Uh, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, and possibly the only movie of his that I really enjoyed. Um, Seth MacFarlane. Oh, I was like you're talking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no, 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 Seth MacFarlane, who I am now a fan of because of the TV show. Like, you know, I think yeah. he's he's really made a turn. It's interesting. Sausage Party. Um, I enjoy Sausage Party. Sausage Party is another uh, certain one we could talk about. Uh, <laughs> but we're not gonna. <laughs> Night at the Museum. I like. Oh, I think yeah, more than you most. You like those movies. I do like those more than most. Uh, one from my childhood, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh, I, should, I love that movie. I should say. I should say it's from before my childhood. No, it's no. just I watched it when I was a Everybody child. Everybody watched Bed Knobs and Broomsticks when um, they were kids. Which yeah, was great. All they those, go to the lion or the island, play with the, all the cartoon lions. Yep. He's the king. All the uh, suits of armor come to life. Christine, that's a good inanimate mm -hmm. object. Uh, uh, Harry Potter has some stuff that comes to life. Some objects that. 
come to life. So yep. we could mention the Harry Potter movies. Uh, Herbie the Love Bug. I love Herbie. One of my favorites. Is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, did it come to life? Or was it just did a fun you, car? Did you, you did say Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Okay, it really did not sound well, It's a like hard name to say, okay? <laughs> Sometimes a ch sounds like a sh. I understand. I get it. I totally get it. Oh, you Chitty uh, Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang would count. There's, well, I don't. I don't know if the if the, the car, car actually to comes to life. Yeah. Herbie definitely did. But Herbie definitely does. Yeah. Instead of Chris or Chris Christine, yeah. And that's uh that's basically what I have. So Yeah. I don't know if Cars? Or were those always alive? Uh that's that's the question, right? Yeah. Um so Regardless, I I would say they wouldn't even be much sorry, honorable mention because they're not good. The first cars is fine. That's no. a fine movie. It's not awful. Yeah. It's not honorable mention worthy. It's not. <laughs> okay, fair it's enough. It's not honorable. Uh, if you have any choices that you would like to let us know about, uh, make sure and hit us up. Feedback at SifPop.com or on Twitter. That works as well. Before we head on to the Sift Quest, a huge thank you to our Patreon members for making this possible. Uh, you make the video podcast possible. You make the audio podcast possible. Uh, you make producer Phil possible. Just as a human being, he wouldn't exist without you. Yeah. Um, so I'm also an inanimate object. You didn't know life. that. You yeah. didn't know that. But uh, Phil was originally Phil, a kumquat. Phil, you're my new number one. Uh, so well, originally Phil was a kumquat, but now is uh, an actual human being, which is uh, which is really impressive. I don't even know how that trick was done. But yeah. thank you, members, for making it happen. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash sifpop. I uh, got this message from a member. Aaron, I went from $3 to $5 a month hey. because you are who my son listens to on his Echo every night. Uh, I know sometimes you mention new members, so if you happen to mention me, please mention Alex in Dublin instead. He will for sure be listening. Aww. So Alex in Dublin, well, this is for you. Uh, thank you so much for... Uh, Falling asleep. So to does our that voices. mean that you have a very lulling? Voice? I was gonna say we put you to sleep. Yeah, that's you know just put it on the poster. Sif pop puts we'll Alex, put to sleep. Sleep. Puts Alex to sleep. <laughs> that's our new. Yeah, that's our new slogan. Uh, we also have a couple other new members since the last time, so I wanted to make sure and mention those as well. But hey, Alex. <laughs> yes, but hello specifically. Yeah. Uh, to Alex in um, Dublin, Ireland. We want to mention uh, Rusarb, a brand new uh, member of hey, Sifpop as well, Rusarb. and Damien, also a brand new member of Sifpop. So nice. thank you. Since Alex, last time, Alex, Rusarb, and Damien. Um, honestly, uh, you guys make this happen, and you know if you have three bucks a month, you want to throw our way to make this even better and keep it growing, and keep things going. Um, we would absolutely appreciate that. Uh, this is. This is why we can do it. And there are bonuses that come with it. The, uh, you know, the bonus podcast. We'll be doing a post-show member-only podcast after this. Probably talk some sort of Pixar or something. Uh, and, then, uh, and then also there's a monthly hangout, too, at a certain level that you get. And so all that's at the Sift Pop membership page. That's patreon.com slash Sift Pop. And thanks. We appreciate it. All right, on to the Sift Quest. Now, Andrew, this was your question, so do you want to present it? Yeah, I didn't even plan it to be a Sift Quest, but... But I think it's a good one. It is, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, the premise is I was curious how many of Aaron's top 100 movies had he only seen once. And if that is the case, why has he or I, because I have movies as well, have not gone back to watch it a second or third time yeah it's an interesting question so when you look at all your favorite movies yeah if you've actually done the the 
the fun little thing of actually ranking them. Yeah. You know, uh, we both <laughs> have a top one hundred. Like yeah. yeah, I update my top one hundred every year. So at the end of the year, I'll update it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you do it like constantly. You might just do it right on Letterbox as it happens. Yeah, pretty much. So I, you know, um, and I think you can check out both of our top one hundreds on Letterbox. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I went through and where do you want to start? Do you want to go one at a time or do you want to say how many first and then talk about them? Yeah, how do you want to do uh, this? How many on your top hundred had you only seen once? Three. Three? Yep. I had four. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, number 23 is the highest rank that I've only seen once. Number 20 for me. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, do you want to go from like lowest down on your list to like what number it was to that number twenty three? Here's what's interesting. Let's just talk about it. Here's what's okay. interesting with my three. They're all pretty much for the same reason, mm-hmm. uh, which is they are very intense, and yes. I just not have. I don't a don't feel like I need to sit down and put myself through it again to know how much I love the movie. And B, it's, you know, it's not a fun watching experience. Um, It's just a meaningful one, right? Sure. And sometimes those meaningful watch experiences, even though you don't want to have it again, are that good that they, you know, they belong in your top 100. Yeah, that's the case for my top two. Um, The third one, I really don't have an excuse. I really should see it again. And the fourth one is just, it's so recent that Mm. uh, it's not a recent movie, but recent for me to have seen it. That it just hasn't been a while. You know, it was interesting when I was doing this. I noticed even the ones that were recent, I've seen more than once because of the fact that I see a lot of movies now early. Uh, a lot of great movies I, I get mm. on, you know, the screener DVDs and then I want to show them to other people. And so I'll, and I'm just like, yeah, I know I've watched this and then I watched it with this person and then I watched it with this person. Uh, so, you know, for me, it was kind of that experience of going through and thinking, oh, yeah, I had several, you know, watching this through. Um so yeah, I'll, we'll just work. I'm 47 was my uh, lowest ranked. Okay, um, and that was Saving Private Ryan. I have it at 47. I've only seen Saving Private Ryan once. I've seen the movie a lot. Have you? A lot. Yeah. And I just I that that it's a tough watch. Yeah. Yeah. That beat the opening at the beach is just. Oh yeah, D Day. Yeah, that's I I just don't know that I can do it. Yeah. Um, why don't you? You've got you've got four. So you yeah. probably should have gone first. But go fine. ahead. Uh, I'll just do two in a row then. Uh, True Romance. It's okay. Super amazing movie. It's funny. It's intense. It's just that I only saw it like last year for the first time, oh, and I definitely plan on seeing this one a lot. It because it creeped creeped up to number eighty on my uh, top hundred movies. Super good. Very nice. And then one that I have no excuse for not seeing multiple times because it is so good is Take Shelter. It's a Michael Shannon movie, mm. and uh, if you haven't seen it, it's not a very well-known movie. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, definitely check it out, because this is either a movie you're going to fall in love with, or you're just not going to get. It's one of those movies. Okay. Uh, but I absolutely love Take Shelter, and I love Michael Shannon. The guy's one of the best actors we got. He's really great. Yeah. Uh, number 34, The Passion of the Christ. Uh, I've still only seen once. Uh, very meaningful movie mm-hmm. to me, and just one I haven't. Uh, wanted to sit down and watch again yeah so that's uh number 34 yeah uh, my number 48 which is the second one i got on my list is the hunt it's a mads mickelson yeah. movie it's a rough watch yeah it's intense it, going back to like what you said about the passion or even saving private ryan just to see somebody go through that t- turmoil for an entire movie mm-hmm. it's just difficult to watch but i think that the message is so important in that movie um 
as well as the performances are just so powerful. Um, it is a, a Danish film, so it is you know foreign language, but that can't deter you from just. It's how fairly good recent that. too. Just two thousand twelve. Yeah, like I was that. gonna say it feels like it was like six yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Something um, like that. If I remember, it was one of the first screeners I ever got. Really? That was right when I had um, um, been accepted in the BFCA. <laughs> That's a rough movie to start off screeners <laughs> with, but it's super good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think. I said it was recent. I guess it's technically not that recent, but I think of anything I got a screener for as being recent because I feel like I've only been in the BFCA for a little bit, but I guess I've been in the BFCA like six or seven years now. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Number 23, my last one Mm -hmm. uh, is United 93. Um, Oh, man. I've only seen that movie once, but God, that's powerful. It's so powerful. And uh, yeah, and I as well have only seen it once. That is one I think I can see myself watching again, maybe with my kids. Um, And I I just think it's so valuable to see that amongst the tragedy of that day, you know, the, the beauty of the idea of people that, you know, gave their own life to make mm-hmm. sure that it didn't get worse. Yeah. You know, um, how, what, your youngest, was he, uh, born before nine 11? Yes. Uh, nine 11 was 2001. Yeah. My youngest was born in 1999. My okay. second was born in 2001. Okay. So, uh, it was September of 90 or September, 2001. So yeah, I had two kids then. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a uh, it's crazy cuz you know there's so many people that are growing up now in a post 9/11 world and uh like uh even back whenever I was going to college for the second time like most of the people I grew up with were learning about 9/11 as a historical event mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah. I lived through it. I remember that day so vividly. Yeah. And um and this movie just it just brings you back to that day and mm-hmm. it gives you a perspective that a lot of people just really don't know about because they think about 9-11, they think about New York and the towers. Mm-hmm. But 93, that's a very, very valid or uh, important, vital story. Well, I think it was headed towards the White House, right? It was, it was. the idea. Yeah. Uh, it, was, was, it was supposed to crash into the White House. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's fascinating because Greengrass does such a great job at, and by the way, he just did a, a, another one that's on Netflix called uh, 22 July. July 22nd, um, which is about a very similar terrorist, not, I mean, not similar in like the details, but a similar feeling of a traumatic terrorist, uh, attack that happened. I want to say in Sweden, I'm sorry if that's wrong. It's, it's, I think it's a Scandinavian country. And, uh, and it was at, just at this camp and he just has this knack for actually putting you there in a way that feels so real. And I think a lot of it has to do, especially in United 93 with a lot of the key, uh, um, uh, people involved in what happened in like flight control and those kind of things are the actual people in the movie. So he used the real people who went through it, not for all the roles. There are certainly actors doing, you know, some of the bigger roles, but they're also not actors, you know, and that's such another important thing. I don't even know. Maybe that'd be interesting in watching. I wonder if any of them have gone on to be in other things. I think that in 93, there was uh 93 United 93. Oh, United 93. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be um, interesting to look back I, at that cast and see if anybody's done anything I, since then. I know there is one, because I just can't in the remember moment, his name. In the moment when that came out, um, none of those people were known. And so, again, it allows you to experience it as if you are in it. I mean, it just puts you right there in it. And it's, it's you know, I mean, it's traumatic and meaningful and beautiful. And 
just one I only needed to see once. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple people in that movie, but no, like, A-listers or anything right. like that, yeah. Uh, so my number one, it's going to be number 20 on my top 100. Yeah. Disconnect. Okay. It's a, the, one of the very few movies I gave a 10 out of 10 to, and I've only seen it once. Um, it's just a rough watch. It's all about how horrifying and can be used for so many wrong ways the internet mm-hmm. can be and people you've told lives. me about it many times i you keep telling me i need to see it and i just i just haven't gotten around to it it I is a rough watch yeah. i'll tell you that it's cyberbullying, uh sexual uh deviancy stealing identity stuff like that it just covers everything yeah and it's it's horrifying really but it's so good that cast is amazing alexander skarsgård jason bateman in a you know a serious role Mm-hmm. Um, it is a rough watch, but it is super good. Uh, so I actually listed, uh, the ones I've seen twice too. Oh, really? Um, just because I was curious. Oh yeah. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six that I've only seen twice. Okay. Um, the Revenant, Schindler's List, No Country for Old Men, Apocalypto, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Fight Club are the ones I've only seen twice. So it's interesting for me to interesting look at, for Fight Club actually that you've only seen it twice. Well, and also remember I didn't see Fight Club until well after it had been released. Um, so you know the fact that I even watched it a second time probably is a surprise to me. But yeah. but I did. I I wanted to go through it again and see. Um, obviously the the you know there's a twist and I, I <laughs> yeah. wanted you I wanted to, to know and... the twist and see it a second time. Yeah. So. Um, but that's all. I've just seen those twice. So. I've, yeah. I've seen The Road twice because, again, it's a, it's a tough I movie not, to watch. I have not seen The Road twice, yeah. nor do I have The Road in my top 100. Yeah. Uh, that's a fascinating question. I'm glad you brought that up, Andrew. Oh, it was yeah. just something that popped into my head, so thank you. Uh, I've only seen Godzilla once. The new Godzilla? <laughs> no, the first one. Oh. No, I'm joking. I've seen that too many times. I was, I was trying to figure out which Godzilla movie you'd have only seen <laughs> once. None of them. Actually, that's not true. There's probably one or two I've only seen once. If you have a question that you want to ask us, a debate you want us to solve, something you want us to argue about, uh, just send it to us and we will use your Sift Quest. You can do that on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, my DMs are open. Or you can email us. Feedback at SiftPop.com is the email. Feedback at SiftPop. Dot com. All right, on to the buried treasure, Andrew. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture uh, that you want to make sure people know about? I picked something I know wasn't canceled because it's been out forever. <laughs> <laughs> Good I'm job. going with a video game. Came out, I think, in 2015 or 2014, right around the same time as mm-hmm. the PS4 launch. I'm going to go with Bloodborne. Okay. This game, uh, right here, is so Audio good. podcast, Andrew. Audio podcast. <laughs> well, I couldn't. Just me pointing, I could have just said this game right here. No, yeah. that's true. That's yeah. true. So you're the one who brought the visual attention to it. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Looks gory. It is very gory. <laughs> it is the, it's from software who is the developer of the Dark Soul games. And if you are unfamiliar with from software, the Dark Soul and the Bloodborne series, from software is known for making what they try to make the hardest games out there. They are incredibly difficult. Difficulty level. Difficulty yeah. level is off the charts. Like people, like their uh, <laughs> their motto sometimes for the games, like whenever DLC comes out, is "Ready to die more." 
because that's all you do in these games is just die, 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 die. But whenever you finally do something and you win, the feeling of satisfaction yeah. you get from no, it, I get it is so like uh, uh, addictive that mm-hmm. it just makes you come back for more. You know, what, <laughs> what you're explaining is very interesting to me uh, because it's very similar to what I tell people about rooting for a sports team. Mm-hmm. The, you know, people who don't understand sports or don't understand why, like, I, I'm so destroyed after my team loses. Yeah. What I tell them is investment means you are destroyed when it goes bad. Yeah. And you're also <clears throat> exuberant. So if it's, it's, it's equal levels, right? Yeah. If you want that high of celebration, I'm so glad this happened. You're going to experience that low of, oh, I can't believe that happened, right? And it's almost like a, a spectrum where it keeps widening yeah. depending on how much you care about something. Yeah. Um, so that's that's fascinating to hear you talk about a game in that way. Yeah. I've been playing this game forever, and I just you know took a break from it. But for some reason, something drew me back in. And uh, I thought, you know, you know, I played this game for years and years. I'll be able to just jump right back in, and I'll just, you know, own. Nope. There was... You... If this game does not... Uh, care how long if you take like a week <laughs> off it's gonna punish you it cares not yeah and there's no like um you would hate this you would absolutely hate this for this fact the game doesn't tell you what to do it drops oh. you in the world and it says there are bosses go find them and that's it you so yeah you just i wouldn't fall- like that <clears throat> and it's like oh there's a key to unlock the door to go get to that boss well hopefully somebody online's found out where it is so you can wow. look it up like, it's not only, like, difficult, like, the bosses are hard. Yeah. Knowing what to do is, like, you just got to find stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you would hate that. I, this sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, for me, it goes back to that, you know, you finally win and just that vindication. Yeah. yeah, you get the highs of the highs because of the lows of the lows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is definitely a controller-breaking game. Like, yeah. oh, we're so close. I bet. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> Uh, my buried treasure is who would have thought it? A reality show. Um, what? <laughs> what you got? It's the summer. Uh, I'm really enjoying Songland. Have you seen this at all? Never heard of it. So Songland is this new reality show that basically takes you through how a hit song gets made. Okay. And what happens is they've got uh, three producers who are kind of co- who are the consistent. On most shows, you'd call them judges or mentors or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, they're producers. One of them is actually the, I forget his name, but the the main guy from uh, One Republic, who's one of the most talented dudes ever in the music business. Um, but then these three Clay are- Clay Aiken. What's that? Clay Aiken. <laughs> I don't think Clay Aiken leads a One Republic. I think it's uh, Jeff something, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, but these three are joined by a hit artist every week, a different one. So, like, the first one was John Legend. Uh, second one, um, Black Eyed Peas. Uh, and the third one, I can't remember. Fourth one was Jonas Brothers. That was actually my favorite episode. It was the most recent episode with the Jonas Brothers. Um, those dudes are brilliant, by the way, just watching them think about music and hear it. And and that's kind of what I love about this show is what will happen is they will bring in four or five. I think it's five different, uh, songwriters to present a song they've written to them for the next album that they're doing. So, uh, so they'll come in, they'll sing their song as they've wrote it. And then afterwards, the producers and the artist in front of them will talk about the song, maybe do a little like, Hey, what if we arrange this like this? Oh, what about this lyric here instead of this? And they'll start crafting this song. 
Then the artist will pick the three he wants to be uh, actually worked up for him. And so each of those three, one will work with one producer, the other producer, and the other producer. Okay. So then they'll create the actual song for the Jonas Brothers and then represent it to them as this new version of what might be on their album. And then the artist will pick the one they like the best. And then it releases as a single the night the episode airs. That's cool. You get a little teaser of of an upcoming song. Yeah. That's super cool. It is. It's really interesting. And and it just, it differentiates itself uh, from the other, you know, musical reality shows in that it's not like people are getting voted off or voted through in a way that is just about who's the most talented it's more about seeing this actual collaborative process. And sometimes I'll be like, well, that's not the song I liked the best that won. Um, and maybe I ought to pick something different. But at the end of the day, it's about the artist and what they think is the best for them to be able to sing. And, um, man, I just I just find kind of that aspect of it really fascinating. So I've quickly fallen in love with Songland uh, and uh, wanted to let people know about it. In case that's interesting to you, if you've ever thought about where can uh, people where songs come from i don't know it's on tv (laughs) do you know if it's on hulu or anything like that i just search for songland it may be on hulu i it's a network show um so (laughs) i just search for it on youtube tv where can people find it on a television (laughs) (laughs) on your whatever device you watch stuff on i don't know i'm so out of that mindset of it airs this time on this day i think it's on Tuesdays, maybe you just you but, have like a TiVo or something that just records and you just watch yeah, it all afterwards. Yeah, I I I have. I was talking with somebody about this uh, recently. We watch TV very differently. Mm-hmm. This is a friend of mine who still flips channels, like Ooh. doesn't have a DVR, only watches stuff when it's on his cable satellite package as it's on, like live. Whoa, um, doesn't record anything. Maybe watches stuff on um, what's it called? Uh, what do they call it when you have a show that you can go on demand maybe maybe there's some stuff on demand that that he'll watch whereas i am the exact opposite i don't watch anything live i know what i want to watch i have it record and then i watch it later so i don't have to watch commercials or whatever yeah um and so it's fascinating because i've been doing that since uh let's just put it this way at one point i had four vcrs stacked on top of each other that could record four things at the same time on four different channels and i would just put i had a tape that was labeled you know vcr one monday vcr two monday vcr three monday and a tape that was labeled vcr one tuesday and i would replace those tapes and then watch stuff from those days i was time shifting before dvr was even a thing so i'm i'm sick i have a sickness and you know technology has made it you know enabled me to have the sickness even more so yeah. i am completely disconnected from you know, when stuff is on. I just set it to record and then watch it when I want to. So this just changed from buried treasure to an intervention, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, technology has made it okay. Yeah, that's how it works. We're going to go with that, right? That's how it works. Technology has made it fine. Yeah. But so, regardless, buried Tre- or, uh, Songland does sound a lot of fun. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. Phil, what were you going to say? Oh, it's on Tuesdays. Uh, I was t- right about Tuesdays. Yeah, 10, 9 Central, NBC. NBC, 9 o'clock Central on Tuesdays, 10 Eastern. Uh, there you go for people who actually watch TV like normal people. Um, so there you go. That's Songland. I think we did it, Andrew. Yeah. I think it actually happened without trauma this time. Yeah. There were no phones thrown. No phones. It's amazing. Nothing got canceled. We actually did a podcast. I was waiting for you to tell me Songland had been canceled. Oh. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. See, unlike you, I don't go out to break people's hearts. Well, I didn't. I just... I, it was was true it was just information that was true i know i'm giving you a hard time uh yeah well 
podcasting happened so good good times good times all okay. around you know what i am gonna say this the new episode of swamp thing came out and i haven't <laughs> and, it, and i haven't watched it yet just because i'm like what's the point yeah right yeah it's just weird feeling because it was the show besides american ninja warrior that i was excited, so excited every, to see every single week i'm like oh swamp thing and american ninja warrior those are gonna be my two shows yep ninja warrior's being awesome this year though yeah i love ninja warrior this year good stuff Thanks so much for joining us today for Sift Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find him at Flick Freaks all over the social medias. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil. Hey, you did it. For hanging out with us and producing the show. You can find him nowhere. Uh, he has abandoned all social media. He has no time for your social media thing. Well, it's like I'm like Phil, except I have them. I just don't use them. Right? Yeah. So you say you can you can find me at Flick Freaks. You're just gonna. He hasn't posted in months. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Dicer all over the social medias, which uh, you actually use, which which I do actually use. So yeah, find me there. Mostly Twitter. Twitter is where I hang out the most. Uh, much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop real. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode we've ever done in your own direct podcast feed as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout uh you can go right now and support sif pop through 2019 at patreon.com slash pop uh also connect with us uh you can leave a comment you can rate throw us some stars whatever podcast player you you use i was actually we should read some of those there have been some recent comments uh on apple podcasts uh that people have left for sif pop and that is really appreciate it because that is actually possibly part of the reason that we popped into the top 100 because they do base a lot of that on listener response ratings all that kind of stuff i think we're at around 60 ratings on apple Podcasts, so we pump that up to 100 that'd be great if you've never rated us or left a comment at apple Podcasts. that would be a great time to do it and let's let's uh next episode let's read some of those yeah read some of our favorites so if you would do that we would appreciate that i'll Um, read all the one star ones (laughs) there is one there is one one star one is there really there is there is one that's i think our average is like 4.9 or something like that because of this one one star one Uh, is it me me? i know exactly what it says of course i have the one star one memorized what does it say do you want to know what it says i really do is vanilla too exciting for you oh i remember (laughs) that one i remember that because we talked about that once i think yeah yeah, yeah, is vanilla too exciting for you? Then listen then to Sif listen Pop. Listen to Sif Pop. <laughs> yeah, which actually, now that I remember, is my favorite review oh, I've right? ever Isn't read. Right? Isn't that hilarious? It's so clever. Yeah. It's so clever. It's it's great. Um, we're sorry we couldn't be more exciting for you. Yeah. Uh, whatever you think of the show, uh, leave a comment, throw some stars at us, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you do your, your podcasting, that's fine. Um, but at Apple, <laughs> that's really how they kind of determine what goes on the chart. So good stuff happening there. Um, um, also, you can email us feedback at sifpop.com, which we've mentioned a couple times. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure and let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than beating Duke Kaboom in a pose-off. Uh, we'll be back uh, with some spoiler chat next up in your feed for Toy Story 4. We'll gush on that a little bit more. And then I think next week we're going to review Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. That's all we can get away with. Otherwise, we have to pay the rights. That's true. (laughs) See you then. But it doesn't look like you are here to leave me ever again. I'm just going to change the lyrics. (laughs) I don't believe 
in Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Was a Brad Bird movie that really got panned. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.